Welcome to the show and this is the podcast for interesting communicators and people who are interested in communications and each week I'm talking to someone who approaches the craft from a different direction and we've had comedians on and actors and CEOs and a children's illustrator and a novelist and from all of these people I'm trying to really gain some insights into why some people cut through and others don't and what the essentials of good storytelling are. Today I'm delighted to be here with an old chum, Chris Roberts. Chris, hello. Mike, thank you very much for asking me. Uh, although I must say that given the music sting that opens this podcast, I expect you to ask me about jazz for the next 20 minutes <laughs> and all communication. Well, I we love might, it, though. I, I might it. be changing the sting soon <laughs> if I can get anything better. Um, and the tiny bit of music in the background, apologies for that if, if it's annoying you, but we are just in a, a side room of um, a club. Shall we, shall we leave it at that, Chris? We don't need to say any more, do we? <laughs> no, that's quite <laughs> enough information. Thank you. Anyway, on with the show, as they say. And you are, well, I first met you at Sky News yes, when yes. I arrived as the, uh, the channel's first and last e-commerce correspondent, and that was back in 2000. And, and at that time, you were already established face on, on Sky News, reporting from all over the world. And uh, doing yeah. lots of interesting things. So bring us up to date. You know, you've had this glittering career in in, in television, <laughs> uh, ITN, <laughs> presenting your own show on Sky News, glittering career, and now um, running your own yes communications agency, which is called Envision Communications. And what does it do? Uh, we help clients effectively tell their story. I know that's a dreadful kind of PR cliche these days, but it's what we do. I spent 20-odd years working on the television front line at ITN and then Sky News. Had an amazing experience there from covering the fall of the Berlin Wall to 9-11 to the Asian tsunami to wars to elections. I had a fantastic time. And all of those 20 years were spent storytelling, storytelling on events. So what I'm trying to do now, hopefully successfully is transport those skills into the sort of corporate world or the third sector and help people tell their story, not to a boardroom, but to a wider audience. And that transition from news journalism and, and real storytelling to, to, to actually advising people, I know from my own experience, is, is a difficult one because when you're a journalist, you just tell the story that's in front of you and as, as simply and as effectively and as powerfully as you can using the best script that you can muster on a given day, using the best shots that you've got available... And then you're in a situation where you've got to deconstruct the craft a little bit and think about oh, what does make a good story and what are different types of storytelling and, and what does a client really want and how can I deliver that for them. So just, just tell me about your transition from news to actually being a communications advisor. Well, you're spot on, Mike. As journalists, we have an event, we have a story, who, what, why, where, when, how. And that's the story that we tell in the corporate world, in the third sector world, helping private sector, public sector, charities, I've found time and time again that the client doesn't actually know what their story is. They think they do, but they don't have the ability to translate that story, even if they know what it is, into a language that is consumable by whether it's the media or an internal or an external audience. So that's what I'm trying to do. And I think we're here today to talk about video as, as a communications tool. And I think one of the, the big evolutions at the moment is that, that people are starting to realise you have to engage with your audience. You can't simply lecture to them anymore. Corporate videos, in essence, are a fairly new thing. They are still in their infancy. If you go back to just 10 years ago, you'd have a CEO sitting behind a desk 
or sitting by a roaring log fire in their country estate, and they go, well, hello, everybody. I'd like to talk to you about how well the business is doing. <laughs> the fireside. And how delighted I and senior. the other members of the board are <laughs> at how much money we're making, <laughs> you're making, the company's making. Uh, that, that just doesn't cut the mustard anymore. It's a bit like, you're old enough to remember, are you being served? Remember mm. when young Mr. Grace used to walk mm. on and go, you're all doing very well. <laughs> That's not good enough anymore. You, you simply won't engage with your audience. You need to find language, to find messages that resonate with that audience, whether it's internal or external. You need to be a storyteller. You're not standing in a boardroom. You're, you're trying to tell a story in a way that is colourful, engaging and impactful. And thinking, as you say, about the audience, not necessarily about what you want to say, but what people might actually be interested in hearing. <laughs> and there's a big difference between those two. And I think people in business often think, well, here are our key messages, there are the points that we want to say. That doesn't make a story. That's, that's a list of things. And audiences want to connect on a, in a sort of meaningful way. And, and the world is drowning in content, isn't it? So it's, it's harder and harder to, to stand out, I guess. It, it is. And, and if you consider the explosion in the use of video. Ten years ago, a tiny fraction of the world's leading CEOs were actually engaging in video, particularly in social media. I suspect 99% of them are now in some form. Some good, some bad. So the demand is out there. It is clearly a communications tool that works a lot more than simply sending somebody an email or a paper press release. Mm. But the skill is actually in delivering the message. Not just what the message is, but how do you deliver that message. Mm. And that's really the, the difficult bit. And, and video's cheap. You know, anyone can make a video on an iPhone. The difficult bit is the story. And, and then occasionally, like, proper quality of production. Is that suffering now in the, in the iPhone I age? Think everyone's got a smartphone. I think that's a really interesting point. If I'm a CEO who is announcing a billion-pound merger with another company, I don't want to create a video that looks as if it was recorded on an iPad when the dog's paw accidentally hit the record button on the video. <laughs> I mean, you just don't. You, you don't mm. want it because it sends out a, a bad message. However, if I'm that same CEO and I've just run the marathon with a dozen other members of the company, staff members, to raise money for the company's charity, to have a 10-second clip of video recorded on a smartphone with my arm around other members of staff, looking exhausted but triumphant in the fact that you've raised X for charity. I think that is much more authentic. That is much more powerful than inviting a 4K film crew down to film you at the winning line. Yeah, so and that's, it's horses for courses. And that's such it? a good point. And we, we know that from our days in, in the news business, that capturing the moment mm -hmm. is key. And, and you know, Honesty. was the cameraman actually, or woman actually recording at the critical moment when the person tripped and dropped the bag, or whatever the shot of the day might be? Can you just trip again? <laughs> yeah, you've just got it. Heaven got forbid it. any journalist would ask someone to do that. <laughs> no, the authenticity it has to be genuine, it has to be real, and viewers can see through it. Mm. It's like when you and I are media training people, we tell people it's a performance, but you have to be yourself. We just help them be better at telling their story. If they try to be something they're not, viewers will see through it. And it's the same when it comes to video. Yeah, and that's, that's a really important point. How do you get people to be themselves in front of camera? I mean, is it just best for them to forget the cameras are even there or even rolling? Or are there any tips you could give to a CEO or someone who had to make a video who you say, oh, I just want you to be yourself, be authentic? 
How, do they know how to do that? Let's look at how long a video should be as a mm. good starting point. Obviously, I, I, I'm not going to mention any names, but I work with one client who's very keen on the sound of his own voice, mm-hmm. and we made a video recently, and it was half an hour long. Now, unless you are Tom Cruise in the latest Mission Impossible film, you're not going to hold someone's attention for half an hour. The other thing to think about is that video went out to 20,000 employees around the world. So if they all sit there and watch that video, that's 10,000 working hours lost. <laughs> it's incredible. Anyway, back to what the answer point. should yeah. be. You're also old enough to remember De La Soul. What am I going to say next? De La Soul, three is the magic number. Remember? Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any starting point, as far as I'm concerned and Envision is concerned, is is three is the magic number. Mm. You should be able to tell your story in three minutes. When we're media training people, we talk about what's your story in a sentence. Mm. Then we talk about the elevator pitch where you've got 30 to 45 seconds to tell your story. After three minutes, your audience is going to be going, oh, I wonder when Paul Dark's back on. Uh, (laughs) Did I feed the cat this morning? People's attention span is very short. And it's slightly different with audio, I think, um, hence the, this podcast. And, well, this is and a conversation, other isn't it? It's more of a conversation, yeah. and I think with audio, and I know this from my days working in radio, you can build up a bit more of a relationship with the audience that will engage them in different ways, perhaps for longer periods of time. But video, it, it's a very immediate medium, isn't it? And I mean, is there, is there, is there a future for longer-form corporate video like a 20-minute, really sort of interesting documentary style, perhaps? I, I think there is, but, but obviously 20 minutes of a talking head, as we say, one person sitting there behind a desk or standing up or whatever and just talking for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes is a bit dull. Very dull. So the wonderful world of graphics, mm. the wonderful world of putting what we call B-roll, additional colour imagery in there to make it more engaging, to make it more impactful bringing in other voices. If you're talking about how your staff feel about something, then let's hear from the staff. Let's not just hear from the CEO. So yes, there is still a market, uh, uh, there is still value in creating longer form video, but at the same time, it can't simply be the same as as a three-minute talking head uh, where you just run through a list of facts and figures. Yeah, it's a a very good point about the staff... um, being involved in some well, of these videos the because the danger yeah. with video sometimes is the CEO makes the video inst- as, as a shortcut because they don't want to tour around the country or tour around the world doing a whole lot of town hall events with the staff that's too much trouble so let's make a video and just send it out and people can then spend 30 minutes each watching it but that creates a bit of a barrier there's the, like, there's the leadership and they won't even come and talk to us nor will they feature us in the video nor is there any way for us to kind of and goes back to your point at the beginning about us wanting to sort of engage with the leadership um, and that's then, quite an important thing to consider, at least. But then you open up a bigger discussion about what do leaders, what do companies use video for? Mm. Now, historically, the corporate video was wheeled out once a quarter for investor relations or annually to look at how the company had performed. Today, video should be used for staff reward schemes, for important announcements, for transparency, uh, for company initiatives... Everything that you would historically have sent out a press release or an email about, why not create short, relatively cheap, you know, the, the, it's not cost prohibitive, clips of video that are far more engaging 
and will have a far greater impact than simply sending out an email. I do think that people do feel they're part of a bigger story mm. if somebody's talking to them in a personal way. Some, some subjects are easier to convey on video than others, as we know. And as, as a business correspondent at the BBC, my heart would always sink when I had to go and do this story about the insurance company and you'd arrive at the offices and just be a bunch of people sitting in front of computers. There's nothing visual to film. There's nothing going on. Compare that to you know, a fashion company or a, or a restaurant chain or a company that builds yachts or something. You've immediately got fantastic pictures. So, you know, is there, any, is there anything you can do with a company that's just not a visual company? It's just like a bank or a services company or a professional services company. Dress all the staff up <laughs> as clowns for the video. Have a juggler in the background. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that's because of where graphics come in yeah. and different storytelling techniques and finding personalities. But it, it is a challenge, isn't it? It, it, it Sometimes. is. It is, but, it, but it's not an insurmountable challenge. Mm. Uh, for a lot of the, the, the sort of financial reporting videos that we make, we're using graphics more and more and more. Animated uh, three-dimensional graphs, things that, that used to cost, you know, when we were lads back in TV days, thousands of pounds to create, cost hundreds of pounds to create now, and really lift a video. Mm. Um, there's, there's a contract that we, we've got that you were kind enough to introduce us over, um, which is a sort of monthly look at foreign exchange. And rather than it just being three minutes of talking head, within that are animated graphics that really do lift the video. Um, so there are ways to do it, but it is a challenge. Um, that's why you know, creating a news story about some terrible event, for instance, where the, the picture quality is so strong and so powerful is a lot easier than financial services reporting that you had to do for so many years. <laughs> Standing at the stock exchange, they're good, good old... Good old times. I, I, I do media training as well, as, as you mentioned, and it's, I sometimes wonder, and I'd be interested to know your view on this, can anyone perform uh, in the media or in front of a camera? Or is there a, there's a lot of natural talent, of course, involved, but c- can you take a 1 out of 10 and make them into a 9 or 10 out of 10? Or for some people, are you just simply trying to make, take a 3 or 4 out of 10 and make them a 5, maybe, or a 6? I mean, what are the, what are the realistic expectations for improving your skills as a presenter um, on video or, or in other arenas? It's been fascinating for me to look at some very, very, very famous people within the media world. Um, you might have to edit this bit out. People, <laughs> people like Rupert Murdoch mm. or Richard Branson, they're not natural performers. No. They're, no. they're not actually very engaging when it comes to actually appearing on screen or doing interviews. No, and yet, and yet a spe- uh, Richard Branson is sometimes held up as a great uh, public speaker. He's not. No. He's a great um, self-publicist. He's a great PR man, but a speaker he ain't, nor, no. nor is he a good media interviewee. No. Um, so, so can you, you turn a 1 into a 10? No, I don't think you can. I think you can turn a 1 into a 5 and a 6, but it comes down to confidence. It comes down, it comes down to a lot of different confidence is absolutely key the the ability to put passion into your delivery it's easy for a welshman to say that (laughs) but i I truly believe that if you are passionate in your delivery you're nine tenths of the way there doesn't matter what you're talking about financial results the dreadful ongoing events in syria pop music football whatever it is if you are passionate you will carry your audience some people are not naturally passionate people but if you can just dial that up a little bit, and and you, that has to be genuine, does it? You have to it feel. Does. You have it to does. feel it. You, you have, have to believe it. You have you to really believe do. it. I heard yeah. another one of your guests talk about exactly the same thing. 
if you don't believe it and you just try to sort of be the Anton Deck smashy and nicey type <laughs> yeah, of cheesy yeah, 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 approach, yeah. people will see through it. I try to tell people that it's a performance and they have to dial it up a bit, but they have to be themselves at the same time. Just a sort of bigger, slightly bigger, slightly yeah. clearer version of themselves, slightly more energised maybe, but it's, it's a very good um, thought that just di- dialing up who you are naturally. And, and, and also secondly, and this comes back to a media training thing as well, which is very applicable when it comes to video, what is my message? And start strong and end strong. This isn't a McKinsey report making a corporate video. It's not, well, we've looked at X and we've looked at Y and then we considered Z and we came up with A, B and C. You've got to get to the punchline quickly. You've Mm. got to get that audience's attention immediately. And you spoke earlier about the rule of three things or three minutes um, even. Is is it important to have three or, or... or could it just be, should it just be one, one, one headline, one big thought for each video? I say three because the brain computes in threes, whether it's Tony Blair's Education, 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 or Veni Vidi Vici. Or mm. the, the brain likes threes. It's, it's a very powerful way to deliver a message. Three, I was talking about the duration of the video, yeah. not <laughs> yeah, actually yeah, the yeah, number yeah, of yeah. messages. Yeah. But again, we come back to, to the media training side of things. The people who fail when it comes to media engagement are the ones who go in with 500 pages of notes. And when they're asked a question, they go, oh, I, I know it was on this page 67, <laughs> subparagraph 3. Yeah. I would, would every single time tell people to go in with a piece of paper with three things written on it. Yeah. What are my three big messages? Yeah. And that's exactly I the same. Well, there may, totally one, there, there may be one There may be one message. Maybe one, or maybe one big message and then yeah. sort of three supporting points or some, some variant We're of that. We're taking over this company. What does it mean to you as an investor? What mm. does it mean to you as the staff? Not mm. what does it mean to me and my shares and my country estate. What does it mean to you, the audience? Yes, and this is where so many people, actually professionals in the communications world, are getting things wrong because they're pre- preparing incredibly long Q&A documents sometimes running I've seen ones running to 45 50 different possible questions that someone might get asked hand it to a person say that's that's your preparation for the media interview those are the questions you could get asked and those are the ways I want you to answer them impossible I, I never met a human being who can memorize 45 answers and then go and deliver them and even then you probably won't get asked those questions so pointless no what do I want to say not you know we, we talked about this in media training about, you know, it doesn't matter what the question is, this is the answer you're going to get. Now, we obviously have to acknowledge whatever question it is that's put to you, but what do you want the takeout to be from that media interview, from that video? What do I want the audience to go away remembering? Mm. It's a very good point, and I think worth everyone listening to this just to think about and reflect, reflect on that um, as much as they can. Let's talk about, you've done some really interesting campaign, as well as the corporate work. There's a lot of interesting campaigns. I mean, we, we worked together on the on the Global Apollo campaign with with Sir David Attenborough, which was which was a lot that, of fun. And that you, was. you did the you produced the um, the main video for that campaign, yeah. which which was which was terrific. And and, and I would have paid you to do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, 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 look, look no. neither well, of us really got paid, but um, it was an extraordinary. It was extraordinary. An extraordinary and we man. we went to 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 David Attenborough's house, didn't we, to we record did. to record that interview and. Um, and 16 of your colleagues turned up and, for Yeah, and everyone, wanted, everybody wanted, everyone to wanted, to wanted, to be, wanted to be part of it on that day. And it was, it was, it was very, a very memorable 
Do, do you know the thing I remember, I remember most? And, uh, we said, have you got an email, Sir David, we can, so we can send you the script? <laughs> I don't have an email, right? <laughs> so we arrived and we gave him the script. He changed one word. Yeah. And then stood there and just delivered it as if he'd written the script himself, had rehearsed it a thousand times. His delivery, remember I said to, before mm. about how you tell a story mm. through intonation, inflection, passion, passion. Mm. Every single script I've heard David Attenborough read out, he is passionate. Yes, and and he just that that unique style, the tone of voice, and everything that we were able to to capture that day was was quite moving because certainly I I grew up listening to him and mm. and there I was filming a, a video for a, for a campaign and those moments. But it's like, like us being journalists again, isn't it? Mm. I, I I was fortunate, unfortunate enough to go to Syria three or four years ago um, to make a film for a charity delivering flour. Um, and it was like being a journalist again. You're, you're on the front line of a war zone. And then I realised why well, I wanted to give up journalism. Mm. But it is all about storytelling, whether it's delivering flour, whether it's a company's results, whether it's the Global Apollo programme talking about climate change. It's all about storytelling. Mm. We, we both spent a bit of time in, in more dangerous places during our journalist career. And it, it's exciting being a journalist. Um, it is. I wonder if you miss it at all. Um, I do. But I think you'll agree with me that it's more dangerous than ever. And we can think back on friends of ours who are no longer with us, from Marie yes. Colvin to Terry Lloyd, Paul Douglas from CBS, um, Simon Cumber, who was Frank uh, Yes, who, are, who I knew, of course, Cameron, yes, as well. Guy. And I think things have fundamentally changed. I covered all the wars in the Balkans. I've been to Iraq, Afghanistan, Africa... Throughout those 20-odd years, I never thought I was a target. I never thought somebody was going to deliberately try to kill me. I've sat down and had tea with the Taliban. I've sat yeah. down there and, and discussed in Kabul what's going on. Um, I've been out with the Serbs in the Bosnian war drinking Shlivovitz and don't ever drink Shlivovitz. No, there, has, there was a, a fundamental sea change in the way that the media are regarded by various combatants in war zones post 9 11. Mm. And that was the moment when, certainly, in, in some Islamist groups started to see the media as the enemy, not somebody who they could use as a conduit to deliver their message, but as simply another target. So, do I miss it? Yes. And, and you, there, there is some incredible buzz about being somewhere very dangerous or being somewhere where you are documenting, documenting history in the making. I mean, mm. I, I was so lucky to cover the fall of the Berlin Wall as a 25-year-old junior <laughs> reporter. That mm. doesn't get any better than that. I stood there watching the Twin Towers, you know, around me after 9-11 and so on. Um, but I don't miss the war reporting side, and I do hope our friends and colleagues stay safe out there because it's very dangerous these days. Yes, indeed it is. Um, Chris, what's what's next for for Envision Communications for for your career? I mean, what are, what are your ambitions for for the business and um, the, the branch of communications that you're in? I think the branch of communications I, I'm in is is undoubtedly a growing market. I think there are lots of companies out there. I, I mean, I would say this, but I think I know how to tell a story, and I think a lot of companies out there don't know how to tell a story. I think they're very good technically. They can come along with amazing cameras and sit somebody down, but that's not what a corporate video, a CEO video, a leadership video is all about. It's about storytelling. 
So what do I hope I'll do? Um, I'll hope the business will grow, obviously. Uh, I hope that, that we can try to, try to help people realise that it's not rocket science. I shouldn't say that, should I? Really? <laughs> Strategic advice. Don't, don't hire a vision. Why waste your money? It's not rocket. But it's not. It's about what is my story and how best can I tell it? But that's such a hard thing for people to see. Know, and people don't, you, you, we've spent years in newsrooms and it seems obvious to us. But it, it's not obvious to most people. They don't see the headline. The, the quote doesn't jump out at them. The best shots, they can't see them. I mean, all these things that we, we take for granted. And I, it probably took us years to, to learn it, but we just didn't realise that we were oh, learning it. Mike, it, was, you know, it was fun. It was I remember fun. my first radio <laughs> newsroom where I handed my story into the editor and he just ripped it up in front of me. <laughs> Go away and start again. Yes, it is something you learn, hence the fact that we are now working in the communications field and, and hopefully using our skills from 20-odd years in television and radio to help other people. Well, good luck with the future. Chris, thank, thank you so you. much for this conversation. I've really enjoyed talking to you about some of these sort of common themes, issues that we share in, in the past, the, the present, and, and the future, I hope. So um, thanks again, and um, maybe you'll come on the podcast again in the future and we'll, we'll catch up and talk about something completely different, perhaps. I'd love to, Mike. Thank you. <laughs>